everybody and welcome to Jags Across the Pond official podcast. I'm Jamie and today I have with me Robson. Robson, how are you doing? We're here, um, our podcast, our weekly podcast where we discuss what happened in the previous week's game and for all of you that probably do know who listening in, the Jaguars lost at home to the Houston Texans 13-6 in what was a tedious and terrible game of football I think on all accounts um, both teams were um, pretty poor pretty feeble um, and hence that kind of shows the the low scoreline um, the Jaguars started off with a um, got a 3-0 lead in the first quarter and then going into the half the Houston Texans were six um, scored six and Jag scored three, another three which meant at halftime he went in at six all in quarter three, though it was scoreless, and then the Houston Texans ran away with the victory by scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter, meaning they came out victorious 13 to 6. What we're going to do today is we'll we'll break down what kind of happened in the game and we'll talk about offense and we'll talk about the defense. Then hopefully we'll look forward to something a little bit more positive as we look forward to this week's game as another division game against the Indianapolis Colts. Hopefully we can do do them twice this season. So firstly, let's start with yourself, Robson. Where did it all go wrong? Let's let's just go straight in there with the question. Where did it all go wrong with us this week? Because uh, you wasn't on the podcast um, last week. However, everyone was highly optimistic and highly believing that we we were gonna we were gonna beat this Texan this winless Texans team. So where did it all go wrong? Uh, again, like the Colts do with the Jags, they've got a bit of a history of losing to us. And I think everyone does forget it. When the Jags kind of win a couple of games, it's like, oh, we're going to beat everybody. But then people forget we've not beat Texans in the last, well, in the last nine games now. So the right was on the board a little bit there. And they they are throwing our bogey team, I feel, uh, in every which way possible. Um, and I think it just, they just found a way to just grind us down and stop us from really doing what we do. I think, I think us three have spoken run game couldn't really get established. So obviously Travis Etienne started well early um, with a few good runs, a couple of receptions, but drive just kept seeming to stall and no, until we got into the red zone. And then you thought it was all going to go right. A couple of picks here, uh, some errors from the, from the quarterback. It was just a handful of things that just seemed like, I think, I don't know about YouTube, but I was sat there watching it and it was just like the first, first court went by and I felt, I felt really uneasy about it and what, and how it was all going to pan out the next three quarters. And it just didn't seem to get any better. Obviously, they didn't really offer anything on offense until late in the game. And I felt the defense had it under control, but the defense can't keep you in the game that long. You can't restrict the team to six points, so much with three quarters for that long, and then not try and turn that into points on the offense. So yeah, it's just, I think it's good to have it in the, in the rear view mirror now, but yeah, I think there's just a number of things that I think we'll talk about in this podcast that were, that were eye opening, but as, overall, I think we just, we've, we've met a match in terms of a bogey team. We, just, we can't seem to stop the rot in terms of losing to them at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with that defence and Brit Jag. Let's have a little discussion about that to start off with. So um, we held the Texans to 13 points overall, which against any team, 13 points is is very good. Um, they managed to run for 116 yards off 31 carries. 
think they're a little bit relieved on that I, uh, on the previous week where they had 50, 50 attempts against them. Um, and obviously receiving yards, um, they let up 140 yards. So in total on the day, they only let up 256 yards, um, which was considerably less than what um, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense managed to put up. However, um, we did we did kind of let ourselves down in key moments in the game. Um, tell us a little bit more about what kind of happened on defense this week. So defensively, as, as Robson said, um, you can't really fault them for well 95% of the game. Um, they were they were pretty solid. Um, there was, it, it, and to us, I don't even think we really really struggled um, with Pierce too much until until right towards the end of the game. It seemed that he was becoming more and more elusive and causing us more problems. I mean, there was that one. I think it was like he. he he managed to avoid like seven tackles, but um, to be honest, the only criticism I can have really of the defense, unfortunately, falls on Trayvon Walker, and it was just it was such a silly, silly thing to do. We were about to get him off off the field uh, at third and twenty, and just, I mean, the the obviously the neutral zone impression um, was bad enough, but then to carry on and just kind of throw him to the ground was just it was just completely unnecessary, and and you know, it just showed his his inexperience and and obviously that was the, the the kind of the drive that led to them scoring so it was just a bit of a kick in the teeth but like I say 95% of the defense I think you can you can say that was that they did their job as as well as they possibly could have absolutely um I think with with Walker and with that with that thing that you just obviously just mentioned there um it's probably the first mistake the the guys made probably in the five games that he's played um and it did prove to be a costly mistake as it did extend the drive for the texans which had ultimately lead them to obviously scoring their touchdown um a couple of kind of notable performances um out of the back of obviously the defense this week was um was uh lua khan obviously getting the one sack um, we did struggle to kind of rush against um, the Texans kind of O-line this week. Um, what, what kind of your, what's your thoughts on that one, Robson? How can we, we didn't manage to get to the QB as much as we would have liked to and how we've done in previous weeks? Yeah, it's, it's, this is a weird one. I, I, I'm looking through the stats again now. And obviously we, there's a quarterback, there's a quarterback pressure. We kind of got there quite a bit, obviously with a, with a, the Lewicon maybe coming in on a blitz late. And we did get to him and seemed to press him. But I think, I think I think in terms of scheming, I think we were set up to kind of start and try to stop the run, and we kind of got caught out a little bit and stuff like that, and it just and it, and it made it very 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 tricky for us. I know they've got some good players on offense uh, in terms of their O line, um, but nothing that really stood out, and I really I would have fancied us going up man for man against them. But as you say, we just they seemed to pick us up quite well. They kind of, they neutralized uh, Josh Allen and Walker on the edge, and obviously I think as we as we've both spoken about um, off air, I think missing Fatakasi was a massive part of that. And it kind of like helped them keep building momentum and being able to hit through the middle, really, obviously right through the heart of the uh, of the D line. Yeah, not the end of the world. Like I say, obviously conceding 13 points, and um, as Britt Jag just uh, mentioned, that 95% of the game, the defense um, did a fantastic job um, forcing the Texans to punt six times. Um, then forcing them to have two field goals, and then obviously the one touchdown at the end. Um, the Texans only managed to make it, make it into the red zone once in the whole game, which is a credit to to that defense. However, we have found again that kind of our little stumbling block has been that kind of run defense, which we've kind of mentioned in previous seasons. 
Um, the first two, three games, we, we did extremely well um, against some really good running backs. However, the last two weeks, obviously, we've let up um, quite a few yards in rushing. Um, what, what do you think could have gone wrong there, Britt Jag? What, why, why do you think these last two weeks were struggled? And then looking forward to teams going forward, are they now going to look to try and capitalise and kind of hit us there where they think that's probably our weakness now? Um, I, I think I think Patsy coming back is going to make a big difference. Um, and obviously, I, I know you can't put it all down to one player, but I think his massive, his big strength is is run defense. So that that will contribute. Um, and I do also think that we we yeah I I I don't know I don't know if we've got a bit too carried away with. With the kind of the blitz in, and because it, it's we've been really struggling at pressuring the QB um, and getting because oh I'm sorry not pressuring but sacks and even the pressure we're, we're getting we're getting there but we're not really causing too many problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think teams are. I don't know if they've kind of sussed out our our defense a little bit because um, obviously at the beginning of the year it was all it was all brand new, um, but. For whatever reason, they do seem to have kind of the last couple of weeks or so just seem to have picked up on our kind of when our defense side so strong with the interceptions and the turnovers and the sacks, they seem to slowly be drying up. So, in regards to stopping the run, I think Fatikansi makes a big difference. Um, but I, I, yeah, uh, in regards to the, I don't think it's a, it's a weakness as such. It, it's just when they, uh, I suppose it's, in some ways it's it's a reflection of uh, to us because other teams seem to be a, a lot more flexible, whereas they will find something that's not working and change it up, whereas we don't seem to be doing that, which obviously we'll get to onto with the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think one other point is like like you probably just said there, you're probably correct in. Um, thinking that yeah actually it's not it's not a um it's not a direct um weakness as such however obviously when you look at our kind of the stats and you look at it on paper um we have got a good good turnover ratio um at the moment obviously well not ratio but we had good turnover rates obviously where we have um we've done very very well against um opposition offenses in the first three games um which then the only way you can kind of really counteract and um, stop the turnovers from happening is by running the ball. And also the Eagles did that very effectively um, two weeks ago. And now this last week, um, Texans played the game very, very safe, didn't they? Um, I think it's quite clear to, to see that they, they rarely threw the ball. Um, as RC mentioned, only um, 140 receiving yards on the day. When you look at some of the players that they have, um, you probably would have expected, and we even mentioned it ourselves about um, Brandon Cooks. Um, he was kept quiet through the day with only receiving 20 yards. Um, Nico Collins was their lead receiver at 65 yards, which in previous weeks, if you remember me saying last week, we we always seem to allow one of the opposition's offensive players to to pick up 100 yards, 100 easy receiving yards. Obviously, that didn't happen this week because I do believe, obviously, with with Davis Mills. Um, and the Texans kind of strategy was to kind of just run that ball down to, down our throats um, and kind of just wait, make our way that way to kind of save themselves from getting those turnovers. Because as you saw in obviously the previous week, obviously Cisco with a pick six, 
and then previous weeks before that i'll see all the other interceptions and stuff that we picked up um because i believe we're we're on um seven i believe is it interceptions we are on this season um which obviously is is obviously really really good and it's obviously really high so i do think that um kind of other teams game plans a little bit now is to keep the ball in hands and um try and obviously break through the middle of us because um they know probably that's probably the best way the safest route for them so let's move on um and talk a little bit more about our kind of offense then this week so um failed to score a touchdown this week um failed to score any points in the second half at all we also had two interceptions trevor lawrence um through two interception we'll break those down in a moment but obviously one of those interceptions was in the end zone um, and the other one was just an end of game Hail Mary attempt, which nine times out of 10 turns into an inception anyway. So um, that's obviously quite concerning now with two games and seven turnovers um, that Trevor Lawrence has been um, responsible for. Um, obviously, I'm not going to blame every single turnover last week on Trevor Lawrence. However, um, he is the QB and obviously he's the one throwing the ball and he's the one who's fumbled the ball. Um, so it is seven turnovers on Trevor Lawrence obviously through two games now um, and last week we mentioned and we discussed well I kind of just asked the question when when do we throw question marks at, at Trevor Lawrence um, so I think my first question I'll probably ask yourself first Robson um, how are you feeling about Trevor Lawrence after the performance this week he still managed to throw 286 yards um from a total of 47 attempts with 25 completions um, but how are you feeling after Trevor Lawrence through five weeks now see again through five weeks we're looking at it here and it's again i think in the nfl you've got coaches and, and people within the league will say new regime pretty much a rookie quarterback still from last year and stuff like that i think we're now getting to the stage where he's now making very needless mistakes and i think coach peterson kind of didn't make that point in his in his post-game interview but kind of stressed the point that some things are on him but then some things are on the quarterback as well in terms of making these silly decisions, reading the situation, reading about where we are on the field and everything like that. And I think those things have really got to be ironed out before we do take it further and say, oh, we're handing you the keys properly. We're going to go uh, gun-ho here because obviously you're looking at it on that side. He's been given 47 attempts to move the ball down the field in that game. I think that personally that's quite a lot for how we do as a rushing attack. I know obviously we did get stuffed a fair bit um, and it did get stalled, but I think to give him the ball 47 times is... For me, trying to show him or show everybody that we're trying to really not force feed him into this role, but trying to make it happen for him. And it just seems to be once in a, every four or five, six throws, it just seems like one of these errors happen. Maybe not an interception or anything as severe as it was the other day in the in the end zone, but more a case of these little mistakes that you see. He might miss a read. He might miss misplace a pass and stuff like that. I think obviously he's going to be very hypercritical because the Jags are used to not having a very good quarterback. And they're just, they've all been sold in this yes, we've got our man, he's going to work, we're going to force it to work, we've just got to let him go about his business, but overall, I'm happy with what he's doing, but I think, for me, it's the little things at the minute that are costing us big time, obviously, the Eagles with the, the fumble and stuff like that, wet conditions, obviously, certain things can't be helped, but like, in the back-to-back -back weeks now, we've been in games very close, and errors, not faulty through his part, because obviously, there's other, other factors, but him being the centre of it as such, uh, has kind of caused us to be on a downward spiral from then and then it just means you're chasing all the time and when you've got a, a rookie QB effectively chasing a game trying to force everything trying to put things in tight windows and make things happen on his own it just doesn't really bode well it doesn't really help your offense as a whole 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to Brit Jag. Obviously, you we've given you the nickname. Obviously, Trevor's number one fanboy. Um, how are you feeling now? Are you still his number one fanboy? Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I am. I, I do wrong. I completely agree. This this loss is more, well predominantly on him. Um, like like Rob said, there, there were other factors. Um, receivers dropping balls and and quite a high numbers really i think i think it was officially seven drop seven catchable passes drop which is quite a high number if you look around the nfl but the the blame's got to fall on his shoulders that interception in the end zone is inexcusable um in that situation there's so other options to be honest the second one even if he felt that he couldn't rush or the option the pass wasn't on just throw it away like in that situation that doesn't need to happen and and as I mentioned to you in in the chat, um, I do wonder if it's the the kind of the I don't know the pressures getting to him, um, the thought of that he's now in his second year and he needs to make the the big highlight plays and and be the the kind of one man show and and force stuff that isn't there because the biggest criticism I mean. From this week, and even against the Eagles, he's not taking the easier options, um, especially on first downs. He's he's trying to take the bigger, and there are options on for kind of even even half the yardage, kind of five six yards. Take that, and then it, it gives us so much more options going forward. Now you look at the stats from Sunday, and the other frustrating part of the of his game seemingly at the moment is. Moving the ball he wasn't actually that bad. Um, on another day, if you looked at those, the yardage that we achieved, if he had kind of popped up with one or two touchdowns, you'd say that was a great day. But it's the, it's the getting to the red zone and then stumbling, and it just it, it just it's it's an area that of concern. And and like I say it's not just because if you're watching the tape the receivers and the schemes and stuff, some of the questionable choices inside the red zone, we, we really don't seem to like running it inside the red zone, which I know um, Peterson has said he he likes to throw, throw to score, run to win. But in that situation, I think we've become too predictable because if you watch the tape, the, the receivers aren't getting a lot of space. And part of me thinks that that could be down to them the defense knowing that majority of the time what's coming and allowing them to kind of to plan for that. So I don't know, maybe we, we, we may well have to try, start changing it up to, to make things better for Lawrence in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. In the grand scheme of things, obviously Trevor Lawrence has um, through for 1,232 yards, which sits him slap bang in the middle of the park at 16th rated overall in QBs. Um, his completion percentage is 62.4%. We have eight touchdowns and um, touchdowns and four interceptions on the season. So um, in the grand scheme of things, obviously the amount of yards and stuff that he's picked up um, is very good. And like you said there, it, um, with the amount of yards we picked up this week in this week's game, if there was one or two touchdowns associated to that, which there should be when you when you naturally look at 286 yards, um, you probably do see one to two touchdowns. We would be having a completely different conversation. Um, the issue has been obviously the last two weeks. Um, Peterson has mentioned in his um, his press conferences that um, 
the defences he's gone against is a cover two, which is is tend to struggle on quite quite a lot more than what he has when it's come to kind of like man coverage and stuff. So um, there is there's definite elements in there that there's some coaching and training um, points that he needs to pick up on himself. Um, the question, obviously, I asked obviously last week. Um, it becomes relatable again this week. Um, and obviously, obviously, you wasn't on the podcast last week. Um, let's say, so I speak to you, Robson. So let's say Trevor Lawrence has three more, three more turnovers this week um, and costs us the game again. Um, is there any question or any doubt in your mind that you would then start to look at um, putting in CJ Beathard or? From from my point of view, I don't think there is. And I think from Coach Peterson's point of view, I don't, I don't think there is either. I think they're going all the way this year with him and seeing where it takes us. I think I think the way I look at it is this this ball club has got very much a low-risk, high-reward season in that aspect because no one's expecting us to really do anything. We've started off with two wins, which is almost the same amount as we had last year through a whole season. So there's there's a, a lot of low risk in terms of everything. Obviously, you, you're building the foundation in for the future and hopefully a long tenure for both quarterback and coach. But I can't really see him going anywhere uh, personally. Um, and I think that probably I think most fans will probably agree with me on that. Again, I, I think there'll be some out there that may be thinking they can't put this much longer. But then we put up with it for, with a lot of other QBs too. So it, it shouldn't be any surprise that this sort of stuff does happen from time to time, especially in a very competitive league and a very copycat league as well, which Every team's obviously seen us over five games now and has a load of tape on us and can try and work things out. So it's up to us as a as a team to be able to iron these things out and obviously evolve with the times and keep everything fresh. And as you said just a moment ago, obviously the coaching element of it from player and coach point of view has just got to be so much better and stay one head one step ahead of the curve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got options there. We just now need to we need to look at kind of using those options. So this week we we, we did very well and um, Trevor Lawrence did do well enough to kind of move the ball about. Um, and then we start looking at some of our receivers and obviously our running backs as well. So we'll start with running backs. Obviously this week, um, James Robinson struggled a little bit, um, only running for 27 yards from 10 carries. Um, Etienne had a much better um productive day with 71 yards from also 10 carries so averaging 7.1 yards per carry um looking at that we we did we we did run the ball effectively however it felt like we stopped that run game um early in the third quarter um can you kind of just elaborate a bit more on that Bridgag and what why do you think we kind of stopped the run game a bit when we was when it was doing so well in that first half well i think I mean, looking back and watching the tape, uh, I think a big section of ETN's yardage came off two run plays in the first quarter, I think it was. Um, so I think his stats are kind of skewed a little bit because of those big explosive plays at the beginning. The Texans, uh, especially their D-line, did a really good job on our run game. Um, and like I say, they pretty much stopped Robinson right from the start. And after ETN getting away a couple of times, they, they seemed to put a stop to that. Um, so it, it was struggling, and uh, Peterson has said that he, he thinks he should have ran the ball more. Um, it's difficult because obviously in a game like that, it did. The thing is, we were moving the ball, so when you when you are, it's not like the pass game wasn't successful. So I feel I feel like it, until until you're in the lead, 
Um, and I think that's kind of what he had in mind. He thought we would go out there, pass the ball down the field, score a touchdown, take the lead, and then be in more control and split it and split it more. But obviously that just kept failing to happen. We kept getting down there or moving the ball and not getting close enough or, and it just kept stuttering. Um, and also I think there is an element of him trying to to get his offence clicking because obviously the, the run game is, is great for gaining yards but nothing kind of gets the offence ticking like some good passing and some momentum and and also the, the receivers as I mentioned before with the drops and things I don't know. I feel like almost like it's being forced. I don't. I mean, I'm sure he's not, but it almost feels like he's saying, like, right, Trevor, get it to Kurt. Get because Kurt's not had a, a big reception today, and I almost feel like it's being forced away from the run game. Um, and which is, which is crazy in some respects. Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure that's not the case, but it sometimes looks like that because literally, literally the snaps coming out and Trevor's trying to find Kirk on a stupid mad route that's not on and there are other options available and I, I don't know why else that would be the case but it just feels like at the moment until we can get things ticking in the passing game he's he doesn't want to rely too much on the run game which is and like I say from what I'm seeing on social media is, is baffling a lot of people Yes, yeah, absolutely confused me this week. For a game where it was so close and going in at halftime being six all, um, you may have five, six, seven runs where we only make one yard, two yard, which will then obviously we come off the field and obviously we go back on. Um, that happened with Texans quite a lot, um, as you can see through the attempts and the stats. Um, so Davis Mills, he only had 24 attempts at throwing the ball and he had 31 rushing attempts in total. So of those 55 snaps, 31 of them um, came from a rushing perspective. When you look at the Jaguars, he had Trevor Lawrence had 47 passing attempts, and then we only had 26 rushing attempts. Um, all it would have taken was, um, we know Etienne, we know Robinson's, they're breakout players, they can both make a play. James Robinson, two weeks ago, 50-yard touchdown. Um, Etienne, you saw in the first quarter, had that breakout. I've seen that. I feel that we, we we're coming away from the run game very very quickly after we've had we've been stuffed once or twice instead of actually carrying on and trying to go with that momentum um, and trying to just get that breakout play because it will happen. It happened with Pierce. Um, obviously, what's what that led to their touchdown. Um, there was many a runs where he would only maybe got two three yards, but then he had that massive big breakout where he broke six tackles. That will happen in a game. If you're persistent and you continue to try and try again, it's not as if we were against the clock and we needed to run down um, the field any quicker. If we were persistent with that, I think that we we would have broken through. And I mean, it's very easy to sit here and say this now um, and obviously sit here and talk about it um, from sitting here and just looking at stats and obviously just from watching the game. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like the last two weeks where we probably should have run more, we, we didn't. And hence why there is probably a lot of fans out there talking about why on earth we're not running. Um, 26 attempts um, at rushing, I don't think is anywhere near enough what we should be looking at. Um, I don't know about your thoughts on that, Robson, if you've got anything to add with that one. Yeah, both your points are bang on and I totally agree. And I think as well, it, in terms of how much we've we've actually dominated with the run in recent weeks. So you just mentioned there, Robertson's been going off and stuff like that. Now Etienne's finding his feet. When you start to run the ball a lot, 
that that forces the a defensive coordinator and a defence as a whole to their think we need to commit more bodies to stopping the run. We've got to stop the run. They're getting four or five yards at a time, or even two and three yards at a time. It's always ticking. We're always moving the chains. Then I think that's where we've been a bit plain Jane and we've kind of stopped stopped doing that, which makes it, okay, they're probably just going to drop back and pass all three downs here, or maybe all four downs. I think if you get that element of we need to be in the box, we need to stop the run, that brings so many different things into play. You can bring in the screen game, the play action stuff, which I don't think we utilise enough. We've got a, Two very quick receivers, and you've got a very to very um, a very adaptable uh, receiver in Christian Kirk, who can obviously run quite a lot of routes. I don't know why we don't try and get the play action pass involved and try and really stretch defenses, force them up into the box, and obviously then you can pick apart. Because I think I would back most of our receivers when they can catch the ball in a in a one on one situation, and I think we're just very limited. And as you say there, I wasn't really too happy about. We only ran the ball about 20 plus times. I think it should be nearer to 30, 35, 40 for what we've got on offense. And it really does open the whole the whole playbook up then when you've got teams really committing to the run and obviously want to try and stop you effectively. Yeah, definitely. Um, Trevor Lawrence did also scramble um, four times on the day um, for a total of 29 yards. Probably should have scrambled one more time, which meant there would have been an interception um, back when there was obviously in the red zone. Um, but it was good to see, obviously, Trevor using his legs and um, wanting to kind of extend plays, um, which I think we need to utilise a lot more, um, especially when we go into, obviously, the RPO options. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence's handoffs were really good in that first quarter. Um, I think his handovers and his delayed handoffs to Etienne, I think, were was really, really good. Um, and it opened up massive options where he could have kind of kept the ball himself and stuff as well. Um, when you look at the, um, the Houston Texans pressures on the day, um, they only had one QB hit. Um, they did have free tackle for losses and obviously they were on running backs. Um, but let's move on to talking about obviously the receivers. Um, we discussed about obviously our offence needing to be a bit more dynamic and obviously adjustable and changing. Um, and we are noticing that our, our receivers are, are changing week in, week out. Um, the last two weeks, obviously Christian Kirk has been kind of shut down and kept quiet, which has opened up options for other um, other receivers. This week, our leading receiver was um, Marvin Jones, um, at seven receptions um, for 104 yards in total. And um, we did have one long of 37 yards. And then what I love to see is obviously our tight ends getting involved. I've mentioned it for years and banged on about it for years and years. Um, but it seems that we are starting to use our tight ends a little bit more. Evan Ingram, 69 yards on the day from six receptions. Dan Arnold had one reception and hit a 20-yarder as well. And also Chris Manhurts also got himself 15 yards from two receptions on the day. So to see our um, to see our tight ends receive for just under 100 yards um, is is what I like to see and um, I think that's kind of the way forward that's going to help us on that in that long run um, to kind of help bail Trevor Lawrence out instead of looking looking out far looking for those deep balls. Um, Zay Jones obviously came back from injury this week as well um, he did only manage to have three receptions but he did have eight targets. Um, Britt Jag you mentioned obviously some of the droppable catches um, I think he is responsible for one or two of those. Um, he did only have 12 yards on the day. Um, what more do you think our receivers need to do to kind of help and aid Trevor Lawrence, Bridjo? Um, I mean, to put it bluntly, I think they need to catch the ball. Um, there were, like I say, there were some, there were some easy catchable passes that were dropped, and there is no excuse for that. And there were some others that 
were trickier, but they were catchable. Um, I know, in, I know, according to the NFL, they're, they're not classed as catchable passes, but there was one or two that I don't know. You'd, you'd, you'd like to think that if, if the kind of talk we're talking that these are kind of some of, especially the, the money we're, that we're paying them, you'd expect them to be kind of top end receivers. Um, you'd like to see them making them more often than not. Um, and also, when you've got a QB, a young QB, and as we said, I know technically not a rookie, but given last year, who his confidence must be, must be, I don't, I don't understand how it couldn't be shaken, and he's, he's struggling to find some rhythm in the offence. You need, you need your receivers to step up then and, and make the catches, especially the ones that are catch, easily catchable, and then make some of those, like I say, those, some of those flashy plays. And yeah, don't wrong, he, there were some that were just overthrown and they weren't catchable. But there were some that were kind of just a little off centre, a bit outreach. And because, yes, yeah, like you say, I think Zay Jones maybe had one or two of those um, himself. And I think that makes a massive difference. They pull in a big play, it gives Trevor confidence that he knows he can go to them. Because the problem is, you, you, your receivers start dropping balls. And you know, you've, you've heard multiple QBs talk about it, the retired QBs, that you then start to be like, uh, can I throw it to him? Can I trust him? Like, this is a, this is like a big, I need, we need to make this play. Can I trust that receiver? Yeah. He just dropped it on the last play. And he's got enough on his play without having to think about that right now. Um, obviously, as, as time goes on and he starts to get more comfortable, and obviously it's still fairly new offense. It's only five games in. Once he then... But for now, we need a safety net for him to a degree. And I think just, yeah, just catch the ball and, and give him that confidence in them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I see you mentioned there, I see we're paying Christian Kirk quite a bit of money. Um, he had 90, he was on for 96% of the snaps this week. So 72 snaps of the 75 snaps he was involved in. Um, for him to only have three targets on the day um, is obviously a little bit concerning. Um, I mean, that's credit to the Texans, obviously defence on that one probably as well. Uh, Marvin Jones was on for 65 of the snaps and Zay Jones, 60 of the snaps. Um, just one mention would go to go out to um, Jamal Agnew, who in the previous week obviously picked up quite a few yards for us um, and also just posed just a, a completely different kind of threat for us up, up on that offence. He actually was only on for 8% of the snaps, of the offensive snaps, which was he was on for six um, six snaps in total for the day, which obviously that shocked me a little bit. Don't know about your thoughts, um, your thoughts on that. And of those six, um, six snaps he was on, um, he did have one receiving target and he had one, um, one rushing carry. So, um, why do you think that um, Agnew has kind of played a lesser role this week, Robson? I think more of it's got to go down to game planning in terms of the situations that they were in. Obviously, this is the offense. The offense, as 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 Bridget alluded to earlier on. The offense wasn't really stalling. It was kind of moving uh, with a nice flow um, up and down the field up until we got to the red zone. Um, and I feel like you don't really fix anything that's not broken at that point. So him trying to get into the game there might have been a bit tricky. Obviously, we know he's so reliable in the return game uh, from kickoffs and punt returns. So that's no bother at all there. I think he he is more of a person that you try and get in, in a schematical advantage with someone you know, if they're playing an extra D lineman. 
um, instead of a corner or an extra safety in there. Uh, you could try and mismatch him up with someone there, or it may having him out there might free up someone else in a different position because they can't cover everybody. I think he just gives you that threat, that that raw speed downfield that obviously defenses have to think about. To be honest with you, so I think, I think over overall, more than anything, without looking too much into it, it just came down to this to the schematic advantage certain plays gave us with him in the ball game and not in the ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's probably safe to say we haven't really got a play of the day as nothing kind of really stands out of the performance. But do either of yourselves have kind of a player performance that stands out that you was really impressed with? Start with you first, Britt Jack. Um, I think well, defense, like I say, defense as a whole, um, I don't think it was a, necessarily a standout. Um, the defense as a whole was was pretty much as good as they could have been, maybe bar a handful of plays at most. Um, on offense, I think I'm probably just going to go with ETN just because we started to see some of the um, his elusiveness really and his ability to break tackles and and kind of and move the ball because in the previous weeks he's he's almost struggled to get going a little bit. Um, we talked about he's, he's taken some really hard hits and sometimes put down before he's got going. But it's nice to actually see him that once he gets going and like like how fast he is and and obviously he does look a real a real threat for us and hopefully we'll see more of that in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously I mentioned it. Um it was like it was good to see um some of these um some of these connections made between Etienne and Lawrence this week and these delayed handoffs and stuff. It was re- really good to see. Um I am still concerned with his kind of ball security, but touch wood, he hasn't um fumbled a ball yet. So um can't really moan and complain too much at that because I mean he's done everything right so far. When he has been hit, he has been hit quite a few times, so he's done well with that. Um but Robson, is there any kind of standout players for you this week that you'd like to kind of give credit to? Yeah, I think I've been I've been talking to various people and I'm 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 a I'm a big I'm a big fan of him. It's uh it's our linebacker number twenty three, Foyer Lewican. I think uh on the day, eight total tackles, six solo, uh one second, two tackles for a loss. And I think I do remember him making a massive stop. Uh, along with Shaq Griffin on, a, on an important third or fourth down, I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, he's just everywhere for me. Every time I'm watching the defense, he's in. He's either up in the QB's face, he's back in coverage, he's chasing the running back from sideline to sideline. There's just something about him that just I gravitate towards. I think obviously you two have definitely spoke about Devin Lloyd in the in the past few weeks. But for me, Aluakon obviously he's just he's shining through at the moment. He's really showing why he was a leading tackler last year in the league, um, and he's really he's really given me some sort of energy on defence to see that it's like it's, it's really enjoyable to watch. And I feel that he's always in the round somewhere to make a play at some point and I think eventually be a game changer for us in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. When you start to look at the um, season stats at the moment, um, he is leading um, solo tackles for the Jaguars with 34. Devin Lloyd closely behind with 26 um so he is obviously performing very well um he's obviously got himself a sack to his name as well and also two fumble recoveries the only two fumble recoveries we've got in the season um that's a Lua Khan who obviously he's picked up both of those so um very very good <clears throat> notable mention there for him um and he is starting to kind of take over and kind of take that lead role very very well um in that kind of linebacker core um I think the future's kind of bright and promising for our um for our linebackers I know we've mentioned and we've spoke about um 
how kind of we, we may have struggled a little bit on some of the run games and there's been a couple of missed tackles. But between Lloyd and Aluakon, obviously, I think um, it's very, very promising for us um, in that kind of linebacker core there. Um, for myself, I think it might be time now to to mention, obviously, Patterson. Um, obviously, he's come into the team. Obviously, we've, we've tried and errored a few um, a few kickers um, in the off-season. Um, and obviously, seeing Patterson come into the team, um, he's made all of his extra points. So, that's 10 extra points on the season. And he's made 9 out of 10 of his field goals this season as well. Um, so, it's very good to see um, that we might have a... We might have a new Mr. Consistent. Um, I don't know it's too soon to, to call him that yet, but um, it's good to see um, that we we have a kicker who we can kind of trust and rely upon because last season, yes, Matthew Wright is the, the London god. Um, however, obviously, there were still always doubts um, with, Pat, um, with, um, with Wright um, and then also, obviously, previous kickers, obviously, before, um, in between the kind of the Wright and the, the Lambo era. So I think for me, I'm ready to put this game to bed. I don't know about you guys. Um, I think it's been a been a horrible week. Um, we're kind of riding that Jacksonville Jaguars roller coaster again, um, where two weeks ago we were sat here talking about how we're playing against the best in the league. Um, we then go out and lose in a very close and very competitive game against the best in the league to then going out and um, losing to the team who were bottom of the league, the only winless team um, in the NFL this season. So now we're kind of in that kind of fight um, and are in that kind of hunt to play against the Indianapolis Colts. We only played against those three weeks ago where we shut them out. We are now going to their house this Sunday where we are going to go out and hopefully beat them twice in the season and obviously get ourselves back and leapfrog over them in the division because now we currently sit in third place. Um, there's probably not too much that we need to mention in regards to um, kind of matchups and stats, as obviously as we we did that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but just a couple of things, obviously, just to kind of talk about and obviously mention. Obviously, last week um, the Colts beat the Denver Broncos in overtime. The previous week before that, they did lose to the Tennessee Titans. Um, 24-17 but the week before that in week three they did beat the Kansas City um, at 20-17 so have you seen any improvements or any changes to that Colt side that we beat 24-0 in week two Brit Jag? Um, if I'm honest they, they seem very very hit and miss um, I mean I'm just looking at uh, their, their uh practice reports just hit a few moments ago and they are down some big players um for example today uh quitty pay didn't practice with an ankle injury jonathan taylor didn't practice with an ankle injury um name hines uh only conducted light practice because uh, of concussion um shaquille leonard um he's got concussion slash nose slash back so <laughs> i don't know what happened to him um, okay. He uh, did not practice either. So obviously, uh, uh, a lot of people are kind of contributing our win early in season to the the Colts injuries. Um, they're still struggling. They're still really struggling. Um, so it, they are still left taking. Obviously, Taylor being out for them is a massive deal. Matt Ryan really hasn't got going for them as yet. Um, but. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they still beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it takes some doing to do that. There's not 
the, the Chiefs don't lose many games a season. Um, so you still got to treat them with some respect. But I think uh, I, I, I think they're beatable. Okay. Um, Robson, what are your thoughts? Have you noticed anything in kind of the past three weeks since we beat them? Um, any kind of improvements or anything we need to look out for this week? Um, considering they put a lot of money into their O-line, their O-line is very, is very, very vulnerable. Uh, Matt Ryan got sacked six times against the, against the Broncos. I believe the Titans did get after him a fair bit um, the week before that. So I, since we played them, obviously they beat the Chiefs in between that. And again, I kind of I look at that and I take that with a pinch of salt in regards to how that all seemed to happen. Because I, I think I watched some of the highlights of that game and the Chiefs didn't really... They just weren't clicking. I think if the Chiefs do click, then they, I think they throw the Colts out. It was just been one of those days. But uh, in the two games that you probably expect the Colts to be involved in, probably have a chance of winning against the Titans at the time, who are underwhelming, and the Broncos, who can't do anything right on offense at the moment. Um, I personally, I have my reservations purely for the fact that not what the Colts can do to us, but what we can do to ourselves, really. Um, that's, the, that's the big one. And again, if they're going to be down key players, as, as Britt Jacks has mentioned there, then I think, again, it's, just, it's, it's ours to lose, really, uh, in that aspect. Although, obviously, many things could happen until then. We could find out that they've got their whole whole roster fresh and back and we might have some problems. But in terms of the Colts, again, as Bridget just mentioned, they're very hit and miss. And until game day, until the pool was in their hand, you don't know what you're going to get from them. Um, I think we just have to wait till Sunday to see what they <laughs> really come out and want to do. Yeah, I think obviously it's going to be a bit of a struggle, obviously, as we do travel to Indy to obviously play them this week. Um, and I think they are going to have a bit of fight and a bit of flair um, in them because they're not going to be happy, obviously, being shut out by the Jaguars, obviously, 24 nothing. Um, only looking at some of the stats, obviously, Matt Ryan has improved ever so slightly, obviously, in the weeks um, after the Jags game. Obviously, he, he passed for 356 yards against the Titans, which they did still go out and lose. However, their run game has been um, still considerably poor, I suppose, and, and the element that they probably thought was probably solid and kind of nailed down this season, obviously, with Taylor, but obviously, he's been a little bit injured. Um, so, they are obviously hoping to come out and become victorious against us. Um, do you think there's anything that the Jags need to do differently um, that they haven't kind of done in the last couple of weeks? Um, what are your thoughts on that, Robson? Is there anything Jags need to do differently to kind of go out um, to compete and beat this Colts side? Again, I think I think overall the defense hasn't got to change a thing. I think the way they're playing at the moment is like it's, it's keeping us in games. It's it's eye-opening. Obviously, there might be a few things that the teams might be able to nullify us in certain areas, but I think if they just keep doing what they're doing, then we'll be in for a good time on, on that side of the ball. In terms of offense, I think it's just patience. Like, as we spoke about through this whole podcast in this last week, as long as Trevor Lawrence takes his time, looks for his reads correctly, takes a simple option, I'm not bothered if we take 50 plays to get down the field and score a touchdown. It does not bother me. I think we need to look at it from the standpoint of, we'll, we'll chew time off the clock, we'll keep the Colts off the field, keep our defense fresh, which is our best our best point of call at the moment. And I think we've just got to make the most of every opportunity when the ball's on the offense's hands. Let's try and be creative. And But overall, for me, be like if I'm stripping back and being basic, just run it down the throat and make them change things on their side of, of the ball to then obviously hopefully that will benefit us and we can obviously unleash the passing game and it'll all work and it'll all click. But yeah, I think it's all about being patient and making sure that we do everything correctly and just avoid turning the ball over, I think, which again, has been killing us the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. How do we win this game this week, Britt Jag? Um, we just don't beat ourselves. 
basically. Um, I think the the fact I mean the fact that the last two weeks, well, all, all three of our losses this season have all been less than a score, and each of the games there have been points that we've come away where we've left we've left points on the field um, in one way or another. So just cut those mistakes, and obviously something we didn't really touch on with this the game last week was the the penalty flag seemed to be creeping back in um, after starting so well for the season with so few. They they really seem to start creeping in the last two weeks or so, so I think that needs to be put to bed and and kind of get back to where we were with that. Um, but yeah, uh, Trevor needs Trevor needs to to up his game, and like like Robson said, I'm, I I don't need to see right now. I don't need to see fifty yard bombs on the field. I'm happy just taking ten fifteen yards a pop, work our way down the field, and just get there. And then once we get there, punch it in, do what it takes. Um, and yeah, I, and I, th- I think I think we can we can give them a good game. I don't even need to see ten yards. I just need to see four rushing yards every single attempt. <laughs> that's all I need to see. Every single attempt, four rushing yards, and we make it down that field. <laughs> that's all I want from them. <laughs> Uh, and hopefully we can do that against them this week. So let's move on to our predictions then. Um, so Robson, give me something, give me something meaty, and give me your score prediction. So give me a stat that you think is going to come in this week, and then give me your score prediction. Uh, oh, stat! You caught me out there. I did have one of me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Jags defense. Three takeaways. On the day, that's very bold, but I think I think takeaways or sacks. Uh, takeaways. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I've got to fit. Matty Ice is not so ice at the moment, so I think if we can get in his face, then we cause a lot of problems. And I've got a lot more uh, confidence in our secondary to to be able to catch the ball now uh, into this season as it proves it so far. And score prediction, I'm gonna, it's not going to be very flattering. I'm going to probably go 17-14 Jags on the day. Cool. Okay. So, Brit Jag, what's your prediction? Okay, so match prediction, I'm going to go Jags to win 23-20. Again, tight game. Um, it's not going to be anything fancy. We're not going to blow them away. Um, but I think I think we can slog out a win and enough to scrape a win just to kind of get a bit of good feeling back. Um, and my stat that I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence with zero turnovers. Blimey, you're asking for a miracle there, mate. <laughs> okay, um, for me, I mean, I admire all your optimism, and I'm sorry I've I've rode this roller coaster. I'm now I'm still going down that hill on that roller coaster, and unfortunately, I think this week I'm going to go back to my old grumpy ways. I think the Jaguars think Jaguars lose again this week. Um, I did mention it in week two, and obviously I ate my words in week two. I said, obviously, Colts won it more than we do. And the Colts needed that win more than we did in week two. However, obviously, we went out and did that win. Um, however, I do think this week, um, I don't think there there is a stop in the Colts. Um, I think there's still going to be a little bit of further misery um, from our offence. Um, I felt the time we should have bounced back should have been this last week against the Texans. Um, after the five turnovers we had against the Eagles. And obviously, we failed to do that. Um, and I don't think this is the week where we're going to um, we're going to bounce back and 
get us all back on that hype train and get us all excited again. So I do unfortunately think the Jags are going to win. And I think our offense are going to struggle um, again this week. I'm going for a prediction of um, the Colts to score 17 and the Jaguars to score 10. So I do still think we'll keep it within a score. However, I do think that the Colts are going to run away with this victory because I feel that they're going to they're going to want it more, um, especially after week two. Um, and I do think that Lawrence will throw for under 300 yards this week as well. So that might upset a few people. <laughs> might have a few people drop a message to us. Um, and I hope I'm completely wrong. I honestly do. I'll tell you what, my betting form is absolutely appalling. And whatever I say is going to happen, the opposite happens. So I'm using that as my excuse as why I'm predicting this, because I'm hoping that the dead opposite is going to happen to what I'm going to what I've just said, um, as I, I I could do with winning some money at some point because I've lost quite a bit on these Jags these last five weeks because they're so unpredictable. I don't know about you guys. I don't think you guys have shouted about winning any bets or anything either. So I think we're only all- losing. Only losing if it involves the Jags. Exactly. So I think it's all, it's appalling. I think, um, obviously, when I talk about, obviously, football and things, I always say you never back your own team. I need to start taking that that initiative <laughs> with um, American football now as well, because I never back um, any of the football teams I support, um, and I probably should stop backing the Jags or even backing against the Jags, because I actually did bet on Eagles. Um, sorry, I did actually do one bet of the Colts to beat the Jags in week two, and... Yeah, I lost that money as well. So So I think that obviously does conclude our podcast today. Um, I think we went into some strong depth about the Texans game. um, And hopefully we'll be coming back at you next week um, with our record being free and free. Um, We do play the Indianapolis Colts in Indy this week. A 6pm kickoff on on Game Pass. Um, Robson, if you can just lead us out with the um, fate and socials for Jags Across the Pond. Again, don't forget that we are we are also uh, a member of the full 10-yard network. Um, uh, we're happy to be along with those guys and obviously uh, keep an eye on what they uh, bring out involving us also. Uh, you can catch me on the Jags Across the Pond Twitter page, at JaguarsGB. Do get in touch if you want to hear from us or, any, or you've got any questions for us. And obviously, you can hit Jamie up on the Facebook, which is Jags Across the Pond facebook page also spot on and brit jag tell us where you're at so i'm uh, on facebook and twitter at brit jag uh, instagram at brit underscore jag um, and as we mentioned last week don't forget to check out the jacksonville jaguars uk buying selling page um yeah it's, it's definitely worth checking out if you're not already in there yeah there's still a, a full-size travel walker um helmet um, signed helmet that is up for um, up for Raz at the moment. Um, get yourself in the page if you don't understand what Raz means. That will kind of explain it all in there. Um, and it's where I see everybody shows off their kind of core cool memorabilia. And we have discussions and chats about about this team. And we'll talk about the roller coaster ride that we are waving yet again with the Jaguars. Um, but thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, we will hope to see you all again soon.